What's up, everybody? My name is Mari, and this is the Mizzou 401. Uh, it's Tuesday. We've had an interesting week in Missouri sports. Um, really like to talk about Mizzou football a little bit and our defensive coordinator and these transfers. And then we're going to dig deep into Missouri basketball. Um, being a junior college coach myself, I feel like I gave a good insight on basketball. So I want to talk about our men's program, and then I really want to dig into our women's program. Uh, I don't feel like there's a lot of podcasts that do that. So hopefully it could be a good home for us. Um, it's been a cold week in the Midwest um, for everyone down in Missouri. And I know for us up here in Chicago. So we've been stuck at home, um, been watching lots of basketball, both my team and others. And, you know, hopefully we get out of this at the end of the week. We'll be in the teens and in the 30s next week and maybe get outside and enjoy life a little bit more. But until then, well, let's talk about some Mizzou sports. Um, this week, we lost a transfer and we gained a transfer. Uh, Hastings from Alabama came to us via Kevin Peoples, and he decommitted his transfer and quickly committed to Syracuse right after. Um, I think that people across Twitter are blaming Blake, Blake Baker for this one. And I think it's just a, a meaning of, you know, he was a project maybe he didn't play that much at Alabama they were going to work with him they were going to build him up and I don't know if he saw enough playing time here so he kind of exited stage left uh as that happened we got another commit Zion Young from Michigan State who was a big time contributor and it made the steam go away a little bit for losing Hastings but you know as my brother said the transfer portal giveth and it taketh away and then it giveth again so uh, moving on to back to Blake Baker, I think everybody needs to kind of chill out and just move on. Yes, Kevin Peoples left and followed him. It's kind of how it goes with coaches. You take people that you trust with you. I know if I have a choice when I'm coaching to have people with me, I'm going to pick the people that I trust, you know, and it's not a hard feeling thing. And if you want to be mad about it, that's fine. But we really just need to move on and, and not stress about it, not talk about it. And, and not give ourselves that anxiety that, you know, everyone's going to leave now because we lost people as we lost Blake. The real prize is our head coach. Eli is, is still out there recruiting defensively. You know, I think we'll have a defensive coordinator soon. I, I believe that, you know, he's been talking to people. They've been very tight-lipped about this. And I, I'm pretty impressed that nothing's really leaked out about it. And I, and I think we'll know soon. Um, we also, you also might have him already and it's just buttoned up and they don't have their contracts done or whatever that might be, but I think we just need to be patient and I think it's coming and I think we still have good news coming in football wise. Uh, the guys all moved in, you know, and the, the content team created a great video again, just showing how elite they are and that we have one of the best in the pro best in the country. Um, and we just we need to try to stay as positive as we can. Moving on to Missouri basketball, uh, let's start with the men. They had two losses this week, both to Kentucky and South Carolina. Uh, I didn't have much hope for that Kentucky game. That's a blue blood, and and we've been struggling. You know that game was going on when I recorded last week, but I watched it, and you know we're, we're going to put a fight in with teams like that. But you know it's just going to come up. Short, usually on their home courts as well. I think we were a little too loose with the ball. We didn't take care of it very well. But also, when you're trying to beat a 
Goliath like that, you're going to be trying to do things and, you know, you might turn the ball over because you're trying to do too much and you're trying to do things outside of what you normally do, trying to win the game, you know, and I think we, we got out rebounded really badly and I, you know, it's the little things and, you know, I swear my basketball team wants to strangle me half the time because I say the same things when we, we have tough games, you know, you don't do the little things, you don't rebound, you don't take care of the ball, you know, you don't execute, it, it's going to lead to a loss and it's going to lead to them being able to score and do things on you. And it doesn't matter what you do defensively if you don't take care of the little things. Moving on to South Carolina, man, that was a hard game to watch. Uh, we led the whole game, whole game we led, but it just never felt like they had control. You know, the, there's never like that feeling like everything's going to be all right, that there's somebody that's going to take control and, and kind of make sure that it goes the way it does. And everybody is just calling for Dennis's head. You know, I think we got complacent in that game. I, I think they they felt good about it because there hasn't been a lot to feel good about with them lately. So they got a lead and they kind of felt good about the flow of the game and they're at home and they kind of relax a little bit, you know, and the execution just it doesn't line up. What, what I've seen from Gates is a great scheme. He he does good actions after timeouts with his offense. He's done all these things. But this year, it seems like they're not really moving. They're not really executing. We kind of watch Gates just dribble the ball around in a circle until we get something open. Or, you know, Nick Honors jacking up shots or flying in to the lane where he doesn't belong because he's too small and out of control. And it just it looks disjointed. And I think a lot of people are attacking Dennis Gates because of this. But what the question I have to pose to you is, what do we think the basketball IQ of this group is? What what do we think that Gates can actually give them that they can go out and produce? You know, every team is different. Every basketball player is different. And you usually try to find a mix of kids that can, you know, do the things that you want them to do and learn on the go and do that. But we don't really know what their, what their basketball IQ is and what they're able to handle and what they're able to do and what he's actually able to coach them to do. And I think people outside of coaching and outside of playing or athletics, they don't understand that sometimes you just have a group that can't do those things. You know, we had two NBA players on our squad last year. We had Kobe Brown and Damone Hodge who have high basketball IQs. And that's pretty obvious, obviously, since they're in the next level and, you know, they led the team and, and they helped these younger guys. Whereas, you know, I, I don't know about these older guys in this team. Um, it's a game we should have won. We probably needed to win to really have any chance at postseason play that we keep talking about. But, you know, it's it's one of those that's just going to get away. Hopefully they can learn from it. The young guys will gain their experience and we can move forward. Um, what I think about this team, I, you know, I think Caleb Grill is sorely missed. I think he's one player on this team that has that stone cold killer mantra that I that I always talk about with players I've coached that. You know, he's got that motor, he's got that swagger, he's got that attitude, and, and you know, he, he's he got the confidence that I'm going to knock this shot down and I'm going to be this guy and I'm going to give you exactly what you need. But I, I just don't think that team has that motor and that go-to person. You know, Caleb Grill could be that guy, but with him being out, we don't really know. And don't get me wrong, Sean East has progressed and I love where his game has come since – Come and gone since he's been at Mizzou. He's a really nice player, but he's just not that guy. He's a great piece that you attach to a great store scorer. He's a Scottie Pippen to a Michael Jordan, 
right now he has to do too much. And that's that's apparent when he's dribbling in circles trying to find a good shot to get a basket that we so sorely need. Nick Honor and Noah Carter. <laughs> you know, Nick Honor is not who he's trying to be. His role, I don't know if it's clearly defined from Dennis Gates or if he's just going outside of it, but he's he's trying to do too much and he isn't doing things well. He's not concentrating on the things he does well. He's trying to do things that he thinks he has to do, which don't necessarily play with how he is. You know, and I think the same thing with Noah Carter. Noah Carter's a decent basketball player. You know, I think I I always kind of mirror him <laughs> with Cole <laughs> Coleman from Illinois because they're similar guys. Coleman has a lot more talent than Noah does, I think. And I, you know, I just, I feel like he wants to be that guy and he's just not. And, you know, he has that confidence when, when he's hitting, but when things get rough, you know, he's going to make mistakes and he's going to do things that aren't helpful to the team. So yes, those two helped us out a lot last year and, and brought us to a lot of places, but without the support from Kobe and Des Moines, who are these guys? What, what are their roles? What do they need to be defined? And I really think that needs to be set. And, and we need to find those places, you know, and parody in the SEC is really good this year. You know, the end of these COVID dudes with all their experience and been playing basketball that for six years that are 24, 23, whatever, they're they're balancing the league out. You know, they're, they're balancing out that young talent and just giving a lot of parody to our league that usually is pretty top heavy. You know, and our our older guys are just not leading the way that we want them to in the way that we need them to. Um, you know, I think we have a nice young core that just isn't ready yet. And we don't have those stop gates or those middle guys or those people that'll that'll help to bridge those young guys to the experience that they need, to the talent that they need, to the help that's coming with this class next year. And I just I don't think it's there. I don't think we did, we have the guys. We're one or two players away from being a really solid team. We have flashes of good, and you know we might upset somebody, and it's probably going to happen because it's just college basketball. But I think it's a building year, and I hope we get the right mix of young players getting the experience they need, so that when this big class comes, that we can take that step forward, and that he can start but keep building the team that he wants to build. That all being said, Dennis Gates is our guy. It's year two. Last year, he shocked the basketball world with what they did. They had the right mix. They, you know, they developed Kobe Brown into an NBA player from just kind of a streaky basketball player that he was, you know, and it it set expectations for Mizzou fans really high, you know, and I think football being as good as it was this year also hyped up basketball a little bit, and it's disappointed a little bit. It takes typically three years to really make a difference, you know, and I get that the transfer portal changes that narrative and we can make things happen quickly, but sustained success takes time. I'm going to preach patience to every Mizzou fan, both on Twitter and not however this gets to, we need to be patient in my opinion, which you could take it however you like. Dennis Gates is our guy. I didn't say that last year when they hired, but he's proven to me that he can do this. And hopefully, you know, it we'll be able to see it as we keep going. Moving on to our wonderful women. <sighs> South Carolina, you know, the best team in the country. Dawn recruits and coaches like a champ. I am not the biggest Dawn Staley fan for reasons coaching-wise. We have very different uh, 
schemes and we have different ways of how we coach and that's okay i can not like some of the things she does she does but i respect her and i respect what she's done for the game and the advancement of it and just giving women's basketball a spotlight that it needed and continuing it and helping you know get away from you know the yukons of the world that are were ruling the world and made it seem like there would be never be any parody again in basketball don saley had a big part of that that being said when she plays Missouri, there's always drama. She's always kind of flaring around. And, you know, Robin has always found a way to be in this game, whether she's beating them with a team she shouldn't or she's beating them with Sophie Cunningham or whatever that might be. You know, um, Haley Frank, what, what can I say about her? She's the ultimate Mizzou women's basketball player. You know, she stayed home. She plays tough. She's quite 15 to 20 points a game, closer to 30 against, the, you know, the mid-major teams lower competition, seven to 10 rebounds. She's 40% from three point, you know, and that's not easy to do at all. Um, you know, I think her shot selection plays a big part of that. You know, she took three charges in the South Carolina game and it just absolutely drove Don Staley crazy. You know, um, Haley's going to go down as one of the best program players in program history. I just, I don't think she ever got the help that she needed for Mizzou to be a super good team in her career, you know, um, this is a game. I think we really miss mama and we miss that point guard and like that leadership. And, you know, Dawn talked about her a little bit after the game and, and really made nice compliments about her game. You know, we got that game within five, but when you get a game against a team like that, you get it down to five, you know, you have to be almost perfect. You have to have a closer. You have to be calm. You have to execute and you got to keep them down, you know, and we, we, you know, Mizzou couldn't do that. And the lead balloon backed up to 13 in the third quarter and it just got away from them, you know, but I, I feel that fight is always there in that game. It's always a great game to watch. And, you know, I hopefully moving forward, it, they'll learn from it, you know, and I think they really did. And I think they really brought that into this Vanderbilt game, you know, and it, it's such a big win for Robin to kind of get a monkey off her back this year. And, you know, it, like I said before, the South Carolina game, Mama is a big part of this team, and her return I think really helped and made itself noticed. And her, she had nine points and nine assists. You know, not not a box score breaker, but something that definitely helps. You know, they were down twelve, and her leadership and Haley Frank. You know, they they helped to bring that back. That also didn't hurt that they were super hot shooting. Um, Haley was five of eight from three. That's wild to me. That's so hard to do. I hope non-basketball people understand that, you know, our, our big dogs, they showed up and they led mama Haley, you know, the run that they made in the fourth, they were 15 points to two, 15 to two in the fourth quarter. That's, that's a crazy run. Showed that no quit fight that Robin's teams are known for, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen that step on somebody's throat fourth quarter maybe since Sophie's graduating, maybe since Aja Blackwell was here. I don't know. But, you know, it, it just, it was great to see, you know, and they they may have got that big defensive stop at the end to, to win the game. And it's a much needed victory in conference play, but is it enough to help them turn this around? I don't know. You know, a lot of people are kind of calling for Robin's head and, you know, that DRF is, is going to move on. And, you know, I, I, I have a lot of respect for Robin. I've been following her career since she was at Illinois state and, but I also get the game and I get the business and I understand how coaching can go. Right. She's done great recruiting the state of Missouri. You know, that run she had with that Rockridge group, 
with the Cunningham sisters, with Sophie and Lindsay and all of the Porter children. It just, it's amazing. Now, yeah, she's the Porter's aunt. I get that and all that, but she really worked hard to keep that group here. You know, I know that group really well. We took a high school team from up here down there to play them. Uh, Sophie Cunningham's sophomore year and we beat them and it was, you know, a, a big gasp because they had just won the state title, but you know, that group stayed home and they went to Missouri and, you know, Sophie Cunningham is a generational talent, but I think she had a lot of really good players around her that helped her do that, you know, and I feel like the talent in Missouri has kind of failed Robin since then, you know, Aja Blackwell was who was supposed to come and kind of take over from Sophie and, you know, her personal and academic or whatever problems she had, you know, really tripped her up and Robin kind of had to be hard on her and, you know, we'll never really know, all of it and, and what it entailed, but, you know, it, it just didn't work. And I think it's been hard, you know, she's recruited the state. Well, hell heck her freshman class and sophomores that she has right now, the Ashton Judds, Grace Slaughter, who has been absolutely insane as a freshman, you know, Hannah Linthicum and her sisters and Avery Cronkery are, are their future. Uh, and they fit the keeping players home narrative that Robin has been really great at. You know, Grace Slaughter has the fittings to be a star in the SEC. She started scoring for a freshman, but she has to develop and she has to get there. She's not Sophie where she's going to step in and just be crazy, but you can see those flashes. Um, you know, in my opinion, I've watched, uh, I'm going to butcher her name, but Abby Schreiternick, uh, she went to Quincy. Uh, watched her play in high school, being a coach in, in Illinois, and I really think she's going to be a baller next year. Um how much has Avery Kroenke's injury kind of held us back? Is she ever really going to be healthy enough to help this team? You know, um, I, I don't know these things, but I do know that there's a lot of talent in that group with the freshmen and sophomores, and I hope they're getting developed this year. And if she does get another chance, you know, who are they bringing in to help? They got the number four player coming out of Texas, Vincent, Mariah Vincent, and she's bringing her, her AAU team in in London, uh, Oliphant, I think it is. So that's two kids that are coming in next year. Are those two kids going to be able to step in and help? You know, is one of them going to be able to be the Jordan that we need, the Sophie Cunningham that we need, or are, are we just going to build a, a, a team? You know, Robin recruits really well with younger players, and I think she gets these commits, and I think she loses steam, though, when the bigger or – bigger schools offer they get more offers you know Skylar Jones was a great player in the class of 2023 that was from Whitney Young that I knew um that she lost to Arizona and you know for a kid like that you know a school like Arizona that played in the final four they come calling it's hard to say no so what is she missing you know um I really think she misses Ashley Bracy Ashley Bracy is the coach at UIC um head coach and her brother's still on staff at Mizzou, but I think she was a big part of her recruitment and, and kind of her energy. And I, I really think that she needs to go find a young coach that can kind of breathe some new air into recruitment and, and, and help her go find a kid outside of Missouri that's really going to help her. You know, and I think these kids out of Texas are a start. I think we still need to recruit the state of Missouri really hard and, and make sure that we keep those stars in state, but we really got to go out and find somebody. Um, I love her coaching. I love her mindset, but I wonder if, you know, the RF's going to move on. Is this the end of the era? I don't know. I hope it doesn't happen, but coaching and athletics and money and all of it 
plays a part, you know, and if they were to move on from Robin, I think that you have to make a splash because I think she's been really solid, but DRF has shown in her hirings that she really wants to make a splash and her giving drink his uh, extensions, the volleyball coach she hired. Like I really think that she's ready to do that. And if that's what you want to do, then you go get Molly Miller from GCU. She's an electric recruiter and coach. I use her stuff all the time with my coaching. I, I watch her speak and she's, she's great. She played at Drury, which is a D2 in Missouri, and she coached there, led them to a national championship and another undefeated that COVID canceled. You know, I think you throw money at her and you give her the SEC resources and you see what she can do if you go that direction. But, you know, I, I tend to want to give Robin another year but we'll see what happens. Uh, Missouri boys are playing Alabama tonight, and I think it'll be an interesting – on the road, it'll be an interesting to kind of see where we're at and what we're doing. I don't know how it's going to go. Uh, our women play on Thursday. They have Georgia at home, which I'm looking forward to watching after I coach my game and, and kind of seeing where we're at. Thanks for listening. If you guys, like I said, have anything you want me to talk about, anyone you want me to talk to, hit me up on socials. I'd be happy to do that. I'm hoping for two basketball wins, but we'll see what happens as we go. M-I-Z.